in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoo-ah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm Gabe Dunn, your host. Okay, Money With Katie, can you tell my audience who you are and what you do? My elevator pitch? Yeah, totally. So I'm Katie, better known as Money With Katie on the internet. I basically try to write about personal finance in a way that goes beyond kind of the basic stuff that you've probably heard a zillion times and tries to weave in, in my mind, what are the more interesting elements of our relationships with money. And, you know, there are there are a lot of good wealth building principles out there. But I think once you've learned some of it, you've learned you've learned most of it. So I like to have conversations that dig into, okay, just this past week, we were talking about, well, what are the moral implications of building wealth? Like, is there an enough number that once you reach it, you kind of owe it to your fellow man to stop trying to hoard more? So I think that there there are some fun some fun discussions and dialogues to be had in the personal finance world that I wanted to see. So that's what I do. Well, you then go down in a submersible once you make <laughs> that much money. That seems to be what people the, are doing. The, the billionaire submersible. I know. I saw the other day. It was like, would you rather get into the billionaire submersible or the billionaire Blue Origin rocket to Mars? And I was like, I'll oh, go God. to Mars. I yeah, I think Mars. Going underwater seems way scarier for some reason. It takes like six months to get to Mars. It's like, what do you? You it's not got to binge some stuff. I don't know what you do up there. Or maybe you don't like the people. Who knows? But okay, I want to talk about that because I I recently I saw a, a reel or TikTok that you made that was like responding to someone who was annoyed that you call your followers rich girls. Mm. Oh, I don't know when I... Oh, probably this would have been... If you're referring to the reel that I think you're referring to, it yeah. happened sometime last year where somebody had reached out. Some guy had sent me a DM that was like, 
I just want you to know that you're really limiting your reach. That's what it was. Oh my God, was yeah. it last year? Am I a stalker? And he said, <laughs> well, I've reshared it every once in a while. It's, okay. it's we have like merch about this DM. Okay. But he said like, he ended the message with, as a straight white man, Goodbye. I can assure you my opinion carries weight. Like, and I was like, oh, and every every time I get a message like this, because it happens probably like once a quarter where someone will be like, you know, you're really, you shouldn't be trying to talk to women. <laughs> Every time I like look them up and like without fail, they're a real estate agent or an insurance salesman. Like Absolutely. every time. And I'm like, thank you for your marketing expertise. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I get, I, I just got, this is like a tangent, but I got a DM that was like four one minute audio clips. And I was at the pool with my friend. And I was like, what do we think this is? And I was like, and <laughs> I was like, okay. Gamble. And I was like, I'm going to listen to it uh, with him. And it started, the person started with, I support the trans community, but here's what you're getting wrong. And I went, goodbye. Oh, no, no, that's going to be a no from me. I'm not going to spend five minutes listening to this information. Anyway. Yeah, the rambling. Oh my God. Yeah. You're like anything that starts out, you know, I, I believe in this, but, but I was like, like, goodbye. Everything after that. So what was the response or what caused like the whole, you know, you made merch about it. You said. And Mm -hmm. like you were talking about why you call them rich girls, but like, yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. So the the origin story of rich girls was that when I had my own personal financial awakening, it was during kind of coincided with the hot girl summer trend. Oh, sure. And so I was like, oh, hot girl summer. No, we're going to have a rich girl summer. So it was kind of a play on words for rich girl summer, but it just stuck. So I still very much lean into that. and. I personally really like the color pink and, you know, traditionally girly things. So I will use that type of branding. And yeah, every once in a while, a guy will be like, you know, this is really off-putting. I'm like, well, then maybe it's not for you. Like, if you find it off-putting, then go listen to someone else. Like, no one's got a gun to your head making you listen to me. So I think it's just a matter of, like, personal expression. But we did put the DM on (laughs) on a pink glittery mug. And it just has the quote, it says, as a straight, I think it says, as a straight white male, I can assure you my opinion carries weight. And we call it the My Qualifications mug. <laughs> and it's sold out in like a day. <laughs> and my favorite thing ever is when people are like, they'll tag me in photos of it. I'm like, oh, I got my favorite, my favorite mug for the Zoom call. Or like, I bought this for my husband. <laughs> oh my God. I should start making, I should start just making mugs and t-shirts of the people that send me. I support the trans community, but yeah. <laughs> well, a big thing about this show too, is that people will be like, for a while, people were like, well, this show's not going to make you rich. And I was like, nah, I never said it would. <laughs> yeah. And weird to assume that that was the purpose. I never said it would. Right. Yeah. I'm not rich. (laughs) So like, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's very interesting, like, because there's also this sort of branding around women where I think it's like the, the wanting to, the wanting to like wealth plan or, or something like what is, what does rich mean to you in that context? Mm, Yeah. You know, I think it's a good question because it, my views on this have evolved so much over the last few years. I think initially when I really embraced the slogan, even kind of as a joke, it was like, yeah, we all want to get rich. Like, duh, that's how you stick it to the patriarchy. Like that was kind of like, I had this very kind of basic and surface level understanding of what it means to be feminist or what it means to make progress. And I think over the following years. And frankly, as I started doing this work full time and just had so much more time and energy to devote to understanding, not just the basics of personal finance, but also the structural components of these things. And, you know, like the cost of housing, healthcare, education, things like that, where it really opened my eyes quite a bit. And and it's become a bit of a It's one of those things where I sometimes wonder, like, when will we like fully outgrow this sentiment? Because I feel like our message has really moved beyond it, but it it has kind of stuck as a term. But I do think that one of the things that I that I still kind of grapple with is 
how do I hold those two truths at the same time of like, yes, I want, I want people to be able to build wealth and have security. And yet at the same time, I don't think that these individual solutions are actually going to fix anything. And that's really, that's, that's tough. Like how, how do you kind of see when, once you see through that matrix of like, oh God, by participating in this, I am like upholding the very thing that I'm criticizing. But then simultaneously, what is the alternative if this is the system that I exist within and ha- these are this is the game I have to play and the rules that I've been given. So I think that it's it's one of those things that I I take as a pretty, I guess, serious responsibility to work through that and figure out where I really land on it and and how to how to do that ethically, where your own individual gain or accomplishment or success and you encouraging other people to individually, you know, you want to help people and give them tools that are actually going to work, right? But I think that there is that other piece of it of like, couching all of that in the, in the language or in the realization that, well, this is this isn't really actually fixing anything. Like This is making your individual life better, but it's not actually solving anything more broadly. Yeah. And sort of how helpless it feels a bit to to do all that while like, you know, politicians who don't even care, we don't even or or Mm -hmm. rich people, we don't even know their names Mm -hmm. are like doing so much more in the negative direction. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, Gabe, I think when you came on on the show last year, you and I talked about this, how once you reach a particular status in the personal finance world, like, you know, there are some talking heads, some pundits that are worth literally hundreds of millions of dollars. And rather than saying, okay, now I have the power and influence and money to actually solve some of these problems that I can see and to influence things positively, I'm going to double down on the personal responsibility language. And it's like, that's not what we need you to do anymore. Like now you've been given this platform and this wealth that could actually impact things. And so that's, I don't know, I think that that that's another interesting piece of this is like how you use it once you have it. What do you, so we were going to talk a lot about like wealth planning, but like, what do you think of like the, the term wealth plan? And like, is that what, you know, what's the sort of misnomer around that? Or why would, you know, I think like some people would be like, oh, like wealth, like, I don't know. The word wealth is so. Yeah, it's kind of loaded. Yeah. I would say that the misconception maybe, or what turns people off is that have you ever heard how like in the English language, we only have one word for love and that word has to encapsulate so many different things. But I think in like Greek, they have like seven different words for love, depending. I, I think wealth might actually be kind of the same way in the sense that you could look at someone like Jeff Bezos and be like, wow, what wealth? Or you could look at someone who can send their kid to college and be like, wow, what wealth? Obviously, these are two completely different universes of money, but we don't really have a great normal person equivalent or term that's specific to like the amount of money that's going to give you a level of security and stability. So I think it's valid to be turned off by the concept for sure. I do think that for me, what it came down to was not having to rely on anyone else whether that's like another person or job, like a source, a particular source of income. Like for me, what I was really trying to solve for when I got into personal finance myself was I don't want to ever feel trapped. Like I just don't want to feel like I can't make a change that I feel I need to make for myself because of money. I don't want that to be the limiting factor. And so enough quote unquote, enough wealth for you will fully depend on the lifestyle that you want to lead. But I think that it's almost an inescapable fact, particularly in the United States, where some of the most valuable things that you need to survive are directly correlated to your ability to pay for them because they're not provided for you. Like I'm thinking, I guess, specifically of like healthcare and education. I was thinking that too, like needing a job, needing to have a job tied to healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that those are the types of things where you could decouple that and many other countries do, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not, so if you live here, it's kind of like, well, 
that's that's those are the rules of the game. So yeah, I think for me, wealth just meant like the inability to be trapped or you know kept in a box by any person or anything that like once I decide it's not right for me anymore, I personally have the ability to get myself out of that situation. And that ranges from inconveniences to like serious life changes. So I think the scale grows as as your own capability grows and your own bank account grows, but you got to start somewhere. And that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I also, you know, are talking about like wealth, like shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. The word middle class, too, has like mm-hmm. lost all meaning. Dude, I love cla- like studying class. It is so fascinating to me in the United States. What do you mean? Because we in the U.S., I feel like we almost try to pretend as though it's not there or it's mm. not real. Like there is this perception maybe or this collective facade that class isn't a determinant of the type of life you can lead or the opportunities you have available to you. Mm -hmm. And I was reading recently this interesting take about how, I think they were talking about the UK, how in the UK there is a fair bit of classism. Mm -hmm. And and in some of those countries, there is classism and you're kind of expected to adhere to the class that you're born into. But that in many ways, that's a more honest representation Mm -hmm. of how life actually is. Whereas I think the class mobility. I don't want to call it a straight up myth because I know it does happen. It's not like it's completely false, but I think the prevalence of it is is a little misguided here. And so in a society where theoretically you have the ability to change your class through hard work or luck or opportunity or whatever you want to call it, now your class isn't just reflective of how you were born, but it's reflective of you you as a person and like yeah. your character. Because if you can change it, can change it, and you're not changing it, well, what does that say about you? You're not working hard enough or you're not smart enough or that you're lacking in some way. And, and so I think mm-hmm. that's where you get a lot of the stigma against the working class and and the poor, the working mm-hmm. poor, because there's this idea that like, well, they should be able to change it and they're not. So clearly mm-hmm. that's like a character flaw. And I think that you see that really strongly in the moralizing that we do around money in the United States. So I just think class is a really fascinating topic. I mean, we have the the myth, the joke of like the kid who gets out of the hood by playing basketball. Yeah. Like that's like literally a stereotype, like a trope. Mm-hmm. Or like, and that's someone like giving their body to, you know, to labor for a certain amount of time until mm-hmm. the body runs out and then they're expected to have kept on, you know, kept their money together and support everyone else where, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we have that that largely for people of color, for black people with like rappers or stuff like that. Right. Like that's like literally a stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's funny to mention the UK because I watch Love Island. And I also watch. <laughs> I love this pivot. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I think all the time about how, well, because the UK's accents are very specific to class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point. Their accents are giveaways immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and so they like dive into that a lot. And on The Bachelor, it'll be like, I'm a nurse or I'm in medical sales or I'm an influencer or something like that. And on Love Island, I'm a plumber. I'm a carpenter. I'm work construction. I don't think there's ever been a plumber on The Bachelor. Right. Yeah, you're right. I think that that's a really interesting point, actually. I've never noticed that. And admittedly, I don't watch Love Island, so that might be why. But it is funny because I feel like there is a lot of judgment and prestige tied up in like what you do for a living in the United States. And I I hadn't actually made that connection before that it could be somehow tied to this like 
class mo- expectation of class mobility versus like the status quo and this is just how it is and who knows i mean over time that probably has shifted and i think you could probably different countries over time probably experience this differently but just the yeah the example i had heard was like some countries are just more honest about class than the us and like the us does not want to admit that like it has like a working quote unquote like underclass that basically keeps everything else running because as long as we can like pretend that well if those people wanted a different lot in life they would just go get it they would just change it it's fine because they're choosing that but it's like but you're really not choosing to be a low-wage worker like that's just the best bad option if someone on love island is like a lawyer or like works for the government or some bigger job it's like literally all all that's talked about about them for the whole season wow they're like interesting But like if someone comes on and is like, oh, I'm a carpenter, everyone's like hot. I mean, it's different. You know, it's like extremely different. (laughs) And so, well, I think a lot of times it's like they have abs because they work construction. Yeah, because they're like actually doing a real job, not a fake email job, which is how I refer to what I do. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, I live at home with my parents and people are like, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. but here in the U.S., they'll be like, oh, sent home night one. Like, it's so wild. And I noticed that I look, I'm the person that's like watching this, (laughs) this stuff and like not taking in what they mean for me to take in in any capacity. You're like socioeconomic observation number four. (laughs) Yeah, about about love is blind. Like, you know, just me doing that. And maybe I should just maybe I should be doing some sort of a Love Island class recap, whatever. (laughs) I feel like that would really do well. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you could say here in the U.S., like Southern accents are seen as some sort of lower class. But then you have these like very wealthy Southern people. So it's like yeah. the accent doesn't really give away as much as I think it does other places. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So let's say you're you're just like starting to get organized and you're in your tw- well, we say in our 20s a lot, but let's say like you're in your 20s. What are like the first two things? And then I want to go into like older too, because I feel like nobody talks about that. Yeah, definitely. To me, the the first steps are actually kind of the same regardless of your age. And that okay. to me is about just inventorying where you're at. Mm. And I think you and I may have talked about this in the past, so apologies for any redundancies, but I do think that it's it's kind of about understanding the lay of the land. And okay, like this is how much I have coming in every month. This These are the obligations that I have to meet. This is the money that I'm currently spending that's discretionary and maybe any other liabilities like debt that mm-hmm. you're currently paying off and, and how what you're having to pay to service the debt, right? And just interest rates and things of that nature. So that you can really understand like the bigger picture. And I think I think a lot of people shy away from this because they're afraid maybe of what they're going to find. No, it's horrible. And I think that that's, that's a pretty natural feeling. And mm. I, I think like our, our default behavior around money is actually like biologically very sensible. <laughs> like the, like the, 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 the part of our brains that we're having to engage to like do this stuff is like the part that evolved last. And the, the, the instincts that are driving, you know, our, our most like visceral, our visceral instincts it's like the the caveman was not like, oh, you know, I should really make sure that I'm preparing for retirement because in 15 years from now, I'm going to want to make sure this cave is still up and it's like, no, he no, was he, dead he was and dead. they didn't even have a bartering system. Bingo. So you're like, it's all very in the span of human history and like how we have evolved. It's all very foreign to us. So I think that like the way that people just naturally approach it is often like, yeah, that makes literally perfect sense for like a human being. But I think we can we can help teach ourselves. Okay, we have this ancient hardware. We need to put some new software in it and like try to make it run to make yeah. sure that we can we can get this thing going. So I think that inventory and, and kind of facing the facts is first. And I always say that even if you don't love what you find, you're still going to experience less overall anxiety than Mm -hmm. before, even if it's bad news, because now you know. It's like you've opened, what is it, Schrodinger's cat? You've opened the box. And the cat is dead. (laughs) You know if the cat is dead. or It's like you're facing facts and you can start making a plan now, which I think is is really, really important for a starting place. You almost can't, 
you can't bypass that. And mm. I, I know that not everybody loves tracking spending, but I do think that in the first month or two, you do kind of need to because it's just very, again, it's very hard for the human brain to intuit those yeah. types of things. Like it's hard to ballpark these and just guess. I don't know about I mean, maybe there are some listeners that have that special skill. I don't. Like, I had to sit there because I'd be like, I think I spent like, I don't know, like $2,000 this month. There's like, no way it's any more than that. And then I'd open the credit card and it'd be like yeah. 3300 And I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the other $1,300. So even if you're, you know, a, a super competent, intelligent person, I think it's just something that like our brains are not designed to do. So you kind of have to get things on paper in front of you. And and Ugh. once you do, I think you can, I know you're like, ew, gross. Ew, gross. But I, think I know you can, I say this to people too, though. You can start to plan though. And it's like one of those things that it's, it does suck sometimes, but there's, there's almost no way around this step. And I do think that w- what I am always happy to hear when, people will reach out and be like, I did it. And I actually feel so much better. I've never had a single person be like, I really regret doing that. I regret trying to make a plan. Like, no, it's always like, oh, that was hard, but I'm really happy I did it. Like, I feel really good now knowing at least like what my next steps are. Because for most people, again, regardless of age, I do think that the 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 two most common next steps are either going to be the recognition that, okay, I'm actually making pretty good money and I don't know where it's all going every month. Like I I need to like address my spending habits because I should be able to save more than I am. Yeah, we had a, a listener write in about that. It happens more than you'd think because I think we often assume that it's a problem of not having enough coming in. But like there are a lot of people that it's just, again, it's natural. It's just you have more resources, you spend more. It just happens. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that is one path or the alternative, which is like, you look at what you're earning and spending and you're like, I don't have anywhere to cut. Like, unless I turn my lights off, like, and in in that case, you're really probably not going to spend a whole lot of time being like, where could I skip the Netflix subscription? It's like, no, I need to like figure out a way to go be paid and compensated more fairly for the work that I'm doing, whether that's like changing employers or if you're like a part-time worker, maybe working full-time. But I do think that most people either end up in one of those two buckets because, you know, every once in a while, someone will be like, oh my God, amazing. I like have great spending habits and a great income and I have all this margin and now all I need to do is invest it. I mean, that's ideal if that happens because it's like, that's the easiest solution. But most people end up having to address one of those two levers before they can like actually start doing things that are going to put their money out into the world to a more productive use. What do you say to do with money to that you're investing? Like that you're like, oh my God, look, I have this extra $500 every month. What now? What? Yeah, totally. That, that's like the best case scenario. <laughs> you're like, oh, look, extra. It's like fantastic. Right? You have like four buttons to press and you're going to be done. So in that instance, I think there are a couple, there's like a mental checklist that I'd go through, which is like, Okay, first I'm looking at existing liabilities. Do I have any debt on the balance sheet right now where the interest rate is like above five or six percent? If yes, I'd probably be like, all right, I'm gonna really focus majority of my effort there first just to knock that out. So I heard the other day an interview with a couple who made like hundreds of thousands of dollars per year and had probably ten or twenty thousand in credit card debt and like they were earning enough such that they could like pay it off in a couple months. And they're like, oh, we don't really mind it. But it's like, when it's like, well, hold on though. Like you should mind that because it's costing you an arm and a leg and you can pay it off. So I think I'd look at debt first. From there, assuming that's taken care of or not a concern, then I would just look at, okay, how much, how much money, how much cash do I need on hand just to like make sure if anything goes crazy, I'm not having to put it on a credit card or like take out debt or find myself in a bad position. Typically, this is what we think of as like an emergency fund, but it doesn't even have to be that formal. It can just be like, is there enough money in checking right now that could like cover a couple months of my expenses if something really you know, extreme happened. And then if those two things are done, then I'd be looking at, okay, well now I'm ready. Like I've played sufficient defense. Now I'm ready to go play offense and playing offense, I think is a matter of 
you know, coming up with this sounds really nerdy, but like your investor philosophy, like what kind of investor do you want to be? Do you want to be a more actively involved investor? And like a lot of people that become like that get into like rental properties and stuff. I'm not really about that. That's not, it's just not for me for a couple of reasons. But like some people, that's their preferred method because the stock market feels too risky to them. I am more of like, I want to not have to focus on what that money and investments is doing. I want to just find the most tax efficient way to make a bet that is going to have the highest probability of paying off for me in the future. And so for me, that means using the tax advantaged accounts I have, like a 401k, as well as a taxable brokerage account, just like a standard basic brokerage account, and investing in index funds, which is like the boring way to (laughs) the boring way to do it. But there are so many amazing like fintech platforms now that really take out the majority of the the quote unquote hard part about that, which is like it used to be that you had to like have a guy like a broker that you could call and you'd have to tell him. And I'm saying him on purpose because like 90% of them at this time were male. But like, you know, there were not many women that were working in, in, in finance, but like you'd have to tell them what to buy for you and you'd have to do your research. And there really weren't the options that, you know, we have today. So I like platforms like Betterment and M1 Finance, platforms that just make it really easy where like you can open the account, contribute the cash and just one time make decisions about like, this is my risk tolerance. This is my timeline. And then it allows you to focus the lion's share of your effort and thought on the part that you actually have control over, which is like how much you're putting in and you're not sitting there tinkering with an asset allocation or being like, oh, the stock's down, I need to do something with it. Like that is mostly noise. So I, I try to, you know, focus on simplicity. I feel like with wealth building, hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You're like, I'm accumulating, I'm accumulating. And then people don't like think about like, I, I was always, I had to like rethink like, okay, this is not going backwards. This is not going backwards, but it's like so hard to do. 100% meaning because you were having to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really interesting. So you, how did you deal with that? It like mentally sucked. I mean, it's still sucking. It, it's sort of put like this breakup and then moving out and then like not owning this house that I owned, you know, like it's sort of like caused this, this, I, I can't really, I don't want to get into so much of it, but basically like, like domino effective. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not that I wouldn't want to share my own finances. I absolutely mm-hmm. do on this show, but I will say that they took a significant hit because the person, the other person has familial and generational wealth and, and I do not. And so when it came to legal fees, it was, I was at a disadvantage or when it came to the house, I was at a disadvantage because I had spent a lot of money renovating, paying the down payment, blah, blah, blah. And that's hard too, because like that, that, I mean, it really highlights to how, you know, we were talking about this on a rich girl roundup we did earlier this week, just about how the really hard pill to swallow in all of this is like, life isn't fair. And like some people have to work a lot harder to achieve the same things and will, when faced with setbacks, have fewer, you know, the well to draw on is not as deep. And so zero, there's a zero well to draw. Right. And it's like, so now it's you. And so in in some ways you could look at that and be like, and it's true. Like that does suck. And like that, that is unfair, like objectively, but at the same time, it's like, thank God you had done what you did because it probably would have been a lot worse if you had it. So like there's there's some there's some element of that that like I I always come back to just trying to do the best with like what we have and what we have in quotes is going to look different for everybody. You're right. Money can be very messy. Like that story kind of highlight, especially when you it's not happening in a vacuum. Like your your money is not in a spreadsheet separate and apart from your real life. And so this is kind of exactly what I meant when I was like, I would never want to feel trapped. Like I want to know that like I have the ability to like leave situations and I'm not having to stay in situations because of the money. Well, that was a big consideration was when you said that, that's what I was thinking about. Is mm. like you know, you buy a house with someone, you tangle up a lot of your own money into that with the expectation that you have that house, it, yeah. it accumulates value, you can rent it out if you need to, like mm-hmm. it feels very safe and secure. And then when you lose out on that, and the other person sort of has 
more of an ability to fight you. But here's the thing is that at the moment of leaving that relationship, is my freedom from the way I'm being treated, is that worth my whole life savings? I don't know. And then it's kind of been this this crazy thing of like, not not even really being offered my down payment back. Not like not being offered a return on the renovation, like not being in a way that like, I think a lot of people need to realize like life keeps coming and it happens at you and there's nothing guaranteed. And also that like, just be very careful about that kind of thing. And also that like trying for me personally, trying not to, to beat myself up or think, wow, you really had the things, American dream things. And now you don't anymore. And, and feeling like, okay, all of the stuff that I've done, especially with this show, all of it was like working towards like, Hey guys, I bought a house, like post about it. You know what I mean? We did it feeling like it's a community, like we did it. And then to be like, actually still being in sort of a a legal situation where I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm sort of back at zero. Like literally? No, I have my retirement and I have a little bit of money, but in the wake of all of this, I had to pull all my stocks. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like you're, you're having to tap resources that you were not expecting. Yeah. And now like talking to you now, I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's extremely lucky that my student loans had been paid off by a book deal a couple of years ago, like, you know, the book deal that I got for this. And it's also very funny because like I'm running parallel to my friend who I do my other show with who wants one, thank God that she is like someone who is very much like I come from generational wealth. I have money, you know, like she's not someone who like sits here in LA and cosplays as poor. She, she doesn't do that. So whenever we would get paid the same for stuff over the last 10 years, she would pocket 50 K and I would pay off a student loan. And we could see that with each other. And so to me, I'm like extremely lucky that this is all happening and I don't have any student loans. But did I have to leave both of the homes that I lived in, move, pay, you know, all this, pay a lawyer, pay for a new deposit? Did I get my deposit on the house that I moved out of that I lived in with my ex? Absolutely not. So I had to pull the 30K I had in the stock market so that I could continue to to live. And that's the that's not even scratching the surface of what's what happened. But like, so with this show, it's felt very strange to be like, I've made all this progress. And then like, you know, you're building wealth and you think you've reached a certain level. And then some, and then it's like, it all kind of goes to, to shit. I mean, I think that's uh, like an incredibly honest and an incredibly real part of all of this that we often don't talk about. I think in part because it's scary to acknowledge that that is a possibility for everybody. For everyone. I don't care how in love you are. I don't care how close you are with your friend who you bought a house with. I don't care. It took a very specific, like it manifested itself in a very specific way in in your situation. But like, I think about this all the time, how like, you know, you could get into a car accident and someone could be killed and they will come for your whole, their family can sue you for everything you have. Like everything can change in an instant. And I think that that is, that, that does keep me quite grounded. I think in like the reality of almost, have you ever heard that phrase, you got to make hay while the sun shines? It's like, it's like you got it when the going's good, like you gotta you gotta really go for it because there is no guarantee that it's always gonna be that way. And so if you have opportunities, take them. If you know you're doing well for yourself, don't overextend yourself or like spend everything you have because you assume that you're always gonna be able to get more. Like one in four Americans will become like will experience a disability before retirement age that's gonna impact their earning potential. There's just so much that can happen and even you know, hopefully in a lot of cases, insurance can kind of limit your downside. You can take out umbrella policies or, you know, disability insurance, but like there are just so many things that 
we just never know. And I think that the story that you kind of just told about that, it, it, it does sound almost like a we have these narratives about ourselves. It's like, I did this and this, and I'm, I'm climbing this mountain. And then this big gust of wind comes and knocks me back down. It can feel very like identity shaking. Like, yeah, that's how I felt. Right. And I think that that's, that, that at some point is going to happen to all of us to some degree. And I think that it, it's a good reminder and, and has served as a good reminder for me personally of like, you don't want to get it's almost like a, like a humility check. I'm like, yeah, Katie, things are going well now, but like you never know where you're going to be six months from now. So like, don't get too comfortable, you know. And and you obviously don't want that to happen. You don't wish that on anybody, but it is a reality. So I think it's really even as counterintuitive as it might feel too. I think like just thinking about everything you've now been through and gone up against, it's like in a weird way, this was actually probably even more helpful and insightful for your listeners and like had everything been perfect it's like like talked about it really on the show at all because I've just sort of been like embarrassed and I don't know about sharing it with the community and like crying a lot I've been crying a lot and like you know I haven't really like talked about it because I mean one they tried to get me to sign an NDA which is fucking hilarious and two yeah, don't do that <laughs> absolutely not don't Absolutely sign anything not. that says you can't talk about that. I haven't wanted to talk about it because mm-hmm. I don't want to, because it, it dovetails with like, I don't know, feeling like a, not like a pessimist, but I'm definitely someone now who maybe people who've listened to this show have heard me sort of switch up. And anytime we talk about relationships being like, do not share your money. Do not buy a house <laughs> with anyone. Do not like, uh, like, you know, they You're can like, kind of pick up on a vibe me. of what has happened. Yeah. Like, you know, like, don't, okay, so don't is this there. like the first time that you're like, you're getting into this on the show? Like, this is really like, wow. Okay. So like, do you think has anyone asked? Like, do you think people have noticed? Like, has it been brought to your and you've kind of pushed it aside? Or has it just been more of like a not about the financial aspect? I would say don't don't put their father on the deed. So that when you've actually put in 60, 65% of the money, and they've put in 35, but then their dad is on the deed. So then later when it comes to you guys breaking up, they can actually claim that they own 66% of the property because there's two thirds and I'm one third. Bro. Oh my God. Yeah. See, see, but like, that's a valuable lesson. Like, you know, what's actually interesting is like, this is probably divulging too much on my, this is embarrassing on my part, but I am like very, very nosy. And so I sometimes will like look up if I go to someone's house and it's like really impressive, I am like all about the like Zillow. I'm like, all right, let me like see what you paid for this. I wanted to see, like you can look up city, like property tax estimates where you can type in someone's name and see what properties they own and like what the tax assessed value is. And I noticed for like a number of people I know that are married and like, like heterosexual marriages that they that like the the husband's name is on is is the owner of the house and theirs isn't and I'm like I know that you're paying into that house and your name is not even on it as like that is dicey I don't know the like legality around in like a common law state or what's it called common property or where like if they got divorced like what they would legally have a right too, but I'm like, that seems like an unnecessary risk. And these are things that no one tells you. Like these are smart women that I know that like do not, I don't think have a legal right to the homes that they are paying for right now. So it's like, there's, you have to talk about it, right? Like you have to, if no one talks about it, how will you know? It's been a real lesson. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And in trust and also in like, I, I'm not even explaining fully. Well, but I mean, that says something about you too, though, because you're you're not trying to like, you know, publicly bury another person, even though you like probably... Uh, you, you I haven't could. said I haven't and, said like, anything. Come out on top. But, I'll like, cut through this truly and be like, I haven't said anything untrue. Yeah, it's wild. So, yeah. and you know what I used to say, and you're talking about like your your friends and the husbands, mm-hmm. is that they would probably say, "Oh, I trust this person," and I would even say to my ex, I would be like, "We love each other so much. Obviously, there's no world in which we would do this to each other, but." Mm-hmm. You know, what if tomorrow you hit your head and you mm-hmm. come back and you have a totally different personality right. and right. you're, you know, you come out of a coma and you don't know who I am and you, you know, and your name's on the house, but you're out of the coma and you don't even know who I am. So you kick mm-hmm. me out. Like, cause they would be like, well, I personally would never do this. And I'm like, I'm sure, but like maybe coma you would, you know? T- totally. Yeah. You're right. It's like you, and all of the, like, I'm sure someone listening might be like what are the chances of that one but it's like, it doesn't matter the point is that there is a chance that it could happen like there's a non-zero chance right. that that could happen i you know my husband and i we didn't get a prenup because when we got legally married in 2021 uh i didn't know that that was something that like you should do why so, is no one getting a prenup my I mom is a divorce lawyer she doesn't have a prenup my ex didn't want us to have a prenup well wanted us to have the same lawyer for the prenup, which is not, not, I don't even think that's, that's like legal. That's not legal. And then also, uh, my couple of my friends who are getting married are not having prenups. And I'm like, what is wrong with all well, of we're you? We're thinking about doing like a post nup now because it's like, well, we should probably have one. Like it's, it's cause everyone, the way that I heard it described that I thought made a lot of sense. Cause I know that some people feel really strongly about this is like, everyone has a prenuptial agreement. The difference the is whether or not state. you're going to write it or the state's going to write it. So it's like, if you want any say in how things are going to be divided in the event the marriage goes south, like you should spend a little bit of money to get this done. And, so. my, and let me tell you my new red flag. If the person <laughs> says, if you're with someone and you want a prenup and you want your own lawyer and you want them to have your own lawyer and you want to be protected, and they say they take that personally and as an offensive thing. Do not break you break up now. Red flag. You absolutely break up right now. I think there's two, like there's a there's a level of um almost like like this very mature level of love that's required to be like, I I cannot imagine a world wherein I would ever do anything to hurt you, but I love you enough to want you to be protected in the event that that does happen, Mm -hmm. like to where it's, it's, it's more of a selfless perspective on it, as opposed to the selfish of like, well, what is it? What are you expecting? It's like, you. what are you saying? What are you saying about saying that you want to Right. It's like, well, it's not because you're expecting something to happen. You don't get homeowner's insurance because you expect your house to burn down, but if it burns down, probably going to want it. Right. So yeah, I think like logically, I think it makes so much sense for us. We just like at the time, I didn't know enough before we got married and we had talked about it kind of like my husband was all for it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? But it was like, it was more of that, you know, life happens quickly and like we never got around to it. And here we are two years later and we're both like, we probably should like do that. Like we should probably have one just to like cross all the T's and dot all the I's. You just don't want to leave it to chance. Like why would you, if you don't have to? I'm like hearing from people too, that like post-nups aren't even that 
that enforceable or whatever. I don't know. That's scary. Yeah, I need to look into it more. I, I haven't. Do you think that like like you're hearing that postnups are not as enforceable as a prenup? Yeah. Mm, that I makes mean, sense, I guess, because it's like before and after. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, wow, therapy has occurred today. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's it's just been like it's been uh, devastating, like emotionally yeah. devastating, and like yeah. and like if we uh, just and like the the loss of like future real estate invest, you know, mm. just like real estate investing and like mm. being able to think like, okay, well, if I ever need money, I can rent this place out or mm. just like that stability of like owning a home that I like thought I had reached. Um, I'm now like actually losing money. Like it would have, it would have benefited me to not to, to not combine finances with this right. person and put that money in an index fund. Right. Right. Man, that's really hard. I think too, like what you just said about it's it's emotionally and financially devastating but i think that there's this this part of it where you're almost it's not just about grieving like what you what you lost but you're grieving like a future that you thought you had a stable so future totally there is there's this like this piece of it where you're yeah i think it is wrapped up in identity it's like, yeah. I thought I had achieved this. And I think there's a great deal of pride that goes into Absolutely, it. Absolutely, especially because it's coming from a family that no financial support. Exactly. It's like, I look at me, I achieved the American dream yep. all on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Like, despite the obstacles. And, and in your case, like, through pretty much like sheer, it wasn't even like, oh, I worked a stable job and like was disciplined. It's like you created something of value, like entrepreneurially, you made that nice. happen. That is like the most quintessential American dream is like forging out on your own and like, Thank you. you know, paying off student loans with a book deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's extremely impressive, but I, I don't know. I think that it might sound cheap or it's easy for me to sit here and say this having not gone through it, but like that experience does not negate the fact that those things are true about you. Thanks. Like just because you don't currently, it's like, it doesn't matter. You still did it. You still achieved it yeah. and you'll achieve it again. Whenever I talk about things like this, of just like that fear of like something going sideways. And like, um, when you came on my show, you, you said something to the effect of like, what people don't realize is that when life happens, it keeps happening. It's right. not like one bad thing happens and then you just get to deal with that. Right. It's like you could, you one thing could happen and then something else. It's like very quickly things are spiraling out of control. And when I would talk about the fear that I felt that, you know, oh, things are going well. What if they stop going well? Like what if things go wrong? And they will. And like I, and I lose it all. Like then what, what if I go back to square one and, you know, living in that fear? Yeah. Um, financially, I, someone had emailed me and said, Hey, like loved that episode or whatever. But they, they were like, but you have to remember, you'll never be at square one again. Cause you'll, you can't undo the person that you had to become in order to do all those things in the first place. Like you'll never actually be at square one again, cause it's, it's irreversible. And I think that that definitely applies here, but like, would you have rather that not happened? Obviously, like clearly that this is a big setback, but, but the the pride and like I think the identity that you felt having achieved those things is still very much yours. Like you you can't thanks give that up. You know, like don't let that be a casualty of this situation too. Yeah. Thanks. I mean I think Yeah, no problem. Uh I think that we've gotten some people writing in about divorce and things like that. And I think I think hopefully that like everything you're saying, they're hearing it also. Like I mm -hmm. hope that the people mm -hmm. listening are are hearing what you're saying. To, to them through this microphone also. Mm, yeah, same. <sighs> and it's someday I know I'm going to need to hear it so I can no! come back to this and be like, see, Katie? Like Don't get divorced. <laughs> my husband's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, are we divorcing? Oh my God. Or just something else. Like life is messy. Like, His, he's I, going I don't know. into just, a coma and yeah, he's, he's going to come out. And, you know, but it's true. Like, it's not an it's not an if it's a when like yeah. there's going to be something that derails you and it's a matter of time. But like, I think 
I just hope when that happens for me, because I know eventually it will, that I can remember that like it's not a reflection of who I am mm-hmm. um, as much as it is like just a function of of being a human in relationship with other people and like existing in an imperfect world. Yeah. And like that's ultimately the only thing that we can like be working toward financially is is helping to, I don't know, like cushion the blow mm-hmm. a little bit. Like to make these things not so debilitating that you can never come back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like this idea of going backwards, like that's super powerful. I think like everyone experiences that and no one talks about it. So I think it's like really great that you are, you know, assuming you keep, keep the interview that you're willing to talk about those things as long as the NDA. Never I'm not gets signing signed. that NDA. <laughs> I'm not signing. A, it's a, it's a non-disparagement agreement is what it was. Oh, not even non-disclosure? No, just a non-disparagement. Non-disparagement. Wow, that's like really intense. <laughs> well, this has been so fun. What a where, winding road we just took. Where can people <laughs> find you and more about you? Oh, man. Um, moneywithkatie.com, The Money With Katie Show, wherever you get your podcasts, and Money With Katie on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Although I'm, I would love to eventually not be on social media anymore. That's a long-term goal. Oh, but doesn't that just sound so great? Like, can you be... imagine life without social media? But yeah, I think if you like podcasts, The Money with Katie Show is probably what you're going to be into the most. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Bad with Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.